sliding as a couple or maybe it's just a single flight but holla if you need advice that's right advice if you're trying to be a wife or living the dad life maybe you moving slow or whipping the fast like either way just pull up come on in and add ice just chill Hey guys, this is Miss Icy, the host of Grow Through, where we discuss the intersection of faith, family, and single life. A couple of things. I obviously have a really special guest here, but I wanted to go into Grow Through as a whole. Shout out to Mr. Corey Tabar, who has been a, I should say, a beginning uh, patron of the Grow Through podcast. And if you're interested in patronizing the podcast and or KAZI, please feel free to reach out to IC at kazifm.org or just, you know, pop on to kazi.org. Shout out to Mr. Tabar. Thank you so much for your uh, support of the podcast. As well, I wanted to mention that, guys, if you miss any of our updates, you can always tune into the podcast. We are soon rolling out the uh, mid-season. So that's why you haven't seen anything on podcasts for Grow Through. We are going to roll out who we've uh, been interviewing very soon for the month of April, May, and then we will continue on into June and July. Uh, but thank you so much to everyone who has been a support and supporting not only the radio station, but the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Now, without further ado, guys, I have someone really awesome here and I wanted to introduce them. This person is Mr. Charles Ray Williams, and he is a very special man in my life, literally the first man ever in my life. And I thought, you know, why not introduce somebody who, quite honestly, you know, for a while in my in my formative years was like my superhero. And, you know, and I think in anybody's formative years their dad would be their superhero and my dad continues continues to amaze me and continues to you know just be my dad you know when I came into town not too long ago I had issues going on with my car and where would I be where would a girl be without their father where would they be and I'm just so blessed because you know not too long ago I was able to introduce my mom and interview her. And now um, I have uh, the privilege to introduce my dad, uh, Mr. Charles Ray Williams. Hello, Mr. Williams. How are you doing today? I'm good, baby girl. I'm good. And how are you doing today? Could you tell us a little about yourself, Mr. Williams? Like, uh, what is your occupation? Well, I'm a structure fitter welder. I'm uh, 72 years old. I'm a dad. I'm a grandfather. I'm I'm just an OG, just trying to make every day a good day, you know, just going through life. Something that you guys may or may not know, which you probably don't know, but if you follow me on Facebook, then you know that my dad is actually a pretty awesome welder. He actually makes his own barbecue pits and he sells them. Um, so if you're interested in getting a customized, and I do mean a beauty of a barbecue pit from Mr. Williams, you can definitely follow him on his Facebook page, um, which I believe is Charles Ray Williams on Facebook. And you can look at some of his work and see the type of work that he does. I mean, I really do mean this. He does a really great job with metalwork, and I'm excited. I'm honestly, truthfully, like I, I love to brag about his metal work because it is really, really great. This is a 72 year old man who's had decades and I do mean decades of practice uh, with metal work. So we are on the cusps of Father's Day. Mr. Williams, could you tell us what Father's Day means to you? 
Well, that's a nice question. Uh, Father's Day mean that I have a chance to get all my kids around me that, that well, they all come up to me and say, Daddy, this is your day. My wife, Daddy, this is your day. And you get to sit up there and read that 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 bright light in their lives that day. You know, it just feels good to, to know that day is a Father's Day, you know. And when there's a Father's Day, you look forward to being around your family for Father's Day. When did you first become a father and how did that change your life? Ooh, uh... Well, you know, when you're young, you go through little trials and tribulations. And uh, when I first came a father, I was really young. But, uh, you know, when it's like when things don't work out and you move on with your life. And then I run into my wife, which is your mother. And it's uh, then I realized that I'm about to man up because I love this woman a lot. I love this woman a whole lot. And uh, knowing that I had kids that was calling me daddy, that's when I knew that I had to shape up. Uh, You know, it's a a blessing to be able to, you know, listen at your kids, holler daddy, 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 and it runs you crazy sometimes, but that's part of life. Uh, Being able to know that I have a daughter out of seven sons, you know, two girls out of seven sons. But, uh, you know, it's a a beautiful thing to to, to get involved and, and... and then you have to really make up, have your mind made up to be a daddy because just having children is not all it takes. It's being able to be the image that they're looking for in you as a dad, you know. Same as a husband. You can't just call yourself a husband and your wife is not pleased with you as a husband. Uh, it's a lot to it. So I, I'm, 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 hey, I'm blessed knowing that I have such wonderful children and a wonderful wife to go with. That's funny. Um, we So I, I like that you talked about like, you know, growing up and having to take responsibility for your kids. Um, I do remember like being a kid and my dad like is a very like country guy and very hands on. And I was talking to my mom about this not too long ago about like uh, living in the country and my dad making like our first swing set. I told you he makes, I can make just about anything. I will not lie. Um, he made the swing set. He made a, a seesaw. And <laughs> what else did you make? Was it just the swing set and the seesaw? Slide. Oh, the slide. Yeah, slide. <laughs> uh, a tree house, like with a slide. I mean, we I mean, we were like the popular kids on, on our block with that tree house. I know. Kids, we were, we're coming around <laughs> to, to play with you guys because y'all had the dad that was making a good junk. Yeah, we did have some good junk. I like that. We did have some good junk. But it was it was definitely an experience, you know, and something that I've realized just growing up myself and, and seeing other girls not have like a father figure or just seeing people, you know, have fathers that aren't like really involved in their life. And I do know that my and I tell you all this, that I was a latchkey kid and, you know, my parents did work a lot. And so we were home a lot. So I could see why my dad would get so creative with some of the things that we could go and do outside because you know, my parents were hard workers, so we did have to, like, go and, like, entertain ourselves. So what are some of the benefits of being a dad? I remember one time I was with one of my, one of your brothers, and, and this guy walked up, he said, man, that's your daddy? My son said, yeah, man, why? He said, man, I'd give anything to have my daddy play with me like he, like your dad played with you. And at the time, your brother was 13. And I had a, another incident where I was with one of your other brothers. And this guy walked up, he said, he was talking kind of crazy, just going off, thinking I was some one of the, just one of the little young guys out there, you know? And you, your brother jumped up and said, hey, man, that's my daddy you're talking to. He said, no, man, he, he playing ball like one of us. 
I didn't know that was your daddy. He said, now you know. So it, 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 made, it made me feel good knowing that. In one way, another guy wanted to want his dad to be like me. Another dude thought I was just another young guy, you know, because I was playing. I was right there playing with the youngsters like, you know. And, you know, it, it's, it, it makes me feel good to know that. I was blending in with the youngsters and my son. I can go on and on on how my kids was calling me sometime crying, hollering, Dad, I'm, it's so good to be your son. I know you was hard on me, but I, I appreciate you being hard because I turned out good. And I had more than one son call and told me that. Uh, matter of fact, you did that one day. Call me and told me, Dad, I'm, I'm so happy you're my dad. What makes a good dad? That's an easy question. Real easy. Real easy. And I found that out when I turned about 40 years old. A good dad is when you make up your mind to to to, to become a man of God. A good dad is a, a dad that uh, he, he believes in following the Bible. And the Bible tells you, if you spare the rod, you're going to spoil your child. And I wanted to be a good dad to my children. Being a good dad is knowing how to, to go by the Bible, knowing how to, when you read it, let that Bible be part of your daily walk. If you if you follow the Bible, it'll actually keep you on the right path. And I like knowing that I, I try hard. No dad is perfect. But when you're trying to do right by your family, you will feel love coming from all of them. You will. And I I, I just have to say that if you want to be a good dad, you have to just just get involved with your Bible and the Bible will do the, if you're following it, the Bible will do the rest for you. What tips, you know, as we talk about reading the word, what personal convictions that the Bible or the word has taught you? There's a passage where the Bible is in Deuteronomy. It's uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. And that's kind of like my daily walk. And I, I like reading a lot of Matthews, somewhere around the fifth chapter. Oh man, it's a, you 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 you'll be surprised if when when you're reading the Bible, actually you'll find it's it's convicting you. You get convicted by some of the things that, and you'll be realizing that sounds just like me. And you'll you'll end up changing a lot of your ways because of something that you know that's you. And uh, I just like I said before, it's. Uh, you, you, if you go be a good dad, you have to go by the word. If you go be a, a good husband, you have to just get involved with the Bible and, and it'll just teach you what it takes to be a good dad, what it takes to be a wonderful husband to your wife. Are there any things in particular that you have been convicted with that you wouldn't mind sharing with some of our listeners? One thing I learned about your life is when I think about how God gave us all free will. And what you do with your life is the way it's going to turn out. God don't just give you children. You and your wife make up your mind that y'all want another child and y'all have another child. It's the way you and your wife raise that child is what makes you feel good at heart. And I just love, I just love knowing that, you know, I mean, I, 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 how I raise my children with, and they always, when, I, when they're in the rut, I'll say, hey, what daddy told you life is. I already know daddy, say it again. Life is what I make it. And if you don't put nothing in, you don't get nothing out, Daddy. I said, well, take that and walk with it because you already know how I feel about life. Life is only what you make it. So if somebody's having a rough time, let God and let go. 
And if you give it to God, you have to let it go. So why would you give it to God and don't let it go? Then your blessings ain't, your prayers won't be answered. Your prayers will not be answered. I have a chance to believe in God. Give it to him and let go. And from that point, all we have to do is just start thanking him because you switch to receive a blessing. Amen. All right, guys, if you like what we're discussing here today, please call into the show. Drop me a line. Leave me a message. Uh, let's get some conversation going about this and also, you know, get recorded and be featured on the show for the next episode. Uh, with that being said, we will be right back. Stay tuned. Hey guys, we are back from break. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad to be doing this special. This is a special episode because I do have an opportunity to feature my my dad. And we are doing like a Father's Day Juneteenth special. And yes, we just finished talking about fatherhood. And so on this next segment or portion, I would like to discuss the Juneteenth. See, I have the, I guess, benefit of being raised by a baby boomer. My dad was born in 1950. He will turn 72 in August. And I grew up on all the old songs. And so many people used to say, Ice, you have such an old soul. You have such an old soul. I think partly I have to blame my parents for that because I grew up listening to, honestly, one of my favorite oldies, but a goodie, Mr. Otis Redding himself um, and the Supremes and Marvin Gaye and Teddy Pendergrass. I mean, you name them. I, I know at least a couple of songs from them. Um, the Spindle Tops. I mean, like I could go on a little bit. So with that being said, again, hi, Dad. How are you doing today? Dad is good, sweetheart. Dad is good. I feel great. Thanks for sharing about fatherhood and, and all that fatherhood has to offer. And I know that we were talking about Juneteenth. So Juneteenth is the oldest known celebration of the end of slavery in the United States. It's observed every year on June 19th. Americans will recognize the holiday on a Sunday in 2022. So in a couple of, couple of weeks or just a week or so. Um, it is celebrated on June 19th because that is the day the news of the Emancipation Proclamation reached enslaved people in Galveston, Texas in 1865, which is so crazy because if you know anything that we were released or, or set free 1963. So it took literally two and a half years for the news to spread to the Lone Star State after President uh, Abraham Lincoln emancipated us through the Emancipation Proclamation, which became official on January 1st, 1863. And then the 13th Amendment ratified in 1865, freed enslaved people throughout the country. And for some odd reason, Texas, you know, we were a little slow to the game for some reason, and we did an extra two and a half years of slavery, um, which is interesting because I'm from Beaumont, Texas. My parents live in Winnie, Texas now, and we are literally maybe two hours away from Galveston. I thought this portion would be really good because my dad, my dad has lived to see a lot and I wanted to celebrate, uh, I wanted to celebrate him during this Father's Day. So dad, could you tell us um, your experiences all the way down from when you were younger, I think you said five or six, uh, of racism or just the, the onset of slavery and your experiences with it? Well, if from a little boy, I can remember when I used to passed through a town called Vider, and it would be burning a cross. And I was small and I asked my mama, I said, mama, look at those people burning that cross. And she said, I know, baby. I mean, I didn't pay no attention, but I, I, I back in the day it was, 
a dollar fifty minimum wages. Then it got up to two dollars, two fifty. I was back there in the time where I was walk up to. I was still a little boy, and I'd walk up to Waterfish, and I'd I'd grab that faucet, and I started drinking. My mom would grab my arm and drink me, and she said, "You can't drink no water." And I said, "My mama," she said, "That water is not good for you." And I told my mama, I said, mama, that little boy, that just, he's drinking it. She said, yeah, but he don't know that's bad water. And that was my mama's excuse for telling me that I couldn't drink out that water. And when I got ready to use the restroom, I couldn't go to the bathroom. My mother would make me go on <laughs> the back behind the car. And uh, I was young. I, I, I wasn't on top of what was going on yet. Uh, there was times when my dad would, would, uh, would come to a stop sign. And this woman would run this stop sign. And when she would run that stop sign, she hit the side of the car. And when the policeman got there, he said, ma'am, you all right? And he walked up and gave my dad the ticket. And my dad was fussing with the cop and said, she ran the stop sign. And the cop would say, if you open your mouth and say another word, I'm going to give you another ticket and say, take you to jail. And my mom would sit there and say, just take the ticket. And be quiet. Just take the ticket and be quiet. Uh, you, you get to think about stuff like that that happened in the past. And, and I, I can still remember when I used to go to the back and, and walk up to a cafe. And I remember that right off the bat, you'd have to run to the back to eat because you couldn't eat in the front. But I was enjoying eating in the back because this lady would fix my hamburger with the extra meat and the big glass of milk. And when it was time for me to go to the front, I was so used to going to the back as a kid till it was hard for me to go to the front because I knew I wasn't going to be treated in the back, up front like I was in the back because the back was where the black cooks was. Uh, but anyway, it was, you know, and, and I got to ride in the back of the bus. I remember all of that stuff and and that lasted a long time. And it was crazy. It was crazy. It was, it was, it was real crazy because... Uh, a soda water was a, a nickel. The, the machine you put a quarter in for peanuts, we put a penny in those things. Uh, it was crazy how, 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 how you, when you was a black man, you had to, you had to sit up there and eat the, the N-word. And that was the end of it. And you had to eat that. Or when they walk up and holler, boy, you do this, boy, you do that. And we had to just eat that and go on with it because we didn't have no rights. You know, like I was almost always this. As I grew up, I, I was wondering where this, where the, the part where liberty and justice for all. What is, where does that come in at? Because I'm looking for some of that to take place in my life, where I feel liberty and justice for all, and that's part of my life today. But I'm trying to figure out where is it that where you're being treated liberty and justice you know like we hear and we gotta we, we, we go we go by the law and the law is to feel the law and obey man's law but is the law right you know it, it, you, you know you're sitting there and you're thinking like am I gonna have a good day today or I'm gonna have to sit up there and accept the fact that I'm gonna have to be nervous about the way things is going but that was back in the day. It was crazy. Uh, my dad would work for these different people. And sometime the guy that he, where we moved at, he was a cool white guy. I mean, cool. He, 
it brings home a bag of burgers, Barney. it saw to it that I had plenty of hunting dogs. And when he took me hunting, he took me hunting with him. Uh, when, when he made sure I got to eat the best, you know, he was, this was a good white guy. He was a good white guy. But, you know, sometimes you run into some guys that was, and when he died, it, it, it hurt him in my heart because I didn't get to see him no more because I, I knew he was right. He had the right attitude. He, had a, he, he was good by my dad. My dad wasn't too good by him by the time because he was probably just tore up by being treated so radical at the time. But uh, the guy was good. He was a good guy, to, especially to my mom, you know, call to make sure that we had food in the house. Uh, he, was, he was a cool guy. Uh, I tell you, it's, it, it, I lived back then when it was hard. Uh, it was hard. Uh, the living was cheap, and living was easy as a as a as a black family. You know, and as long as we wasn't bothering nobody, we was all right. We had to be careful what we do, careful what we say. Uh, you know, it was hard. It, was, it really was. It was hard. I really lived that 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 life, and that's why it meant so much to me to make my children to, to not spare the rod and raise my kids right. So. They would understand that you you live a righteous life, you have a shot at the better part of life, you know, and that's getting a family and raising your family to be right. What advice do you have for young ladies who are in the dating scene? Uh, like you, honey bun, you would always say, Dad, how do I know I got a good man? And I would tell you, take him to his mom, ask him to take you to his mother's house. And when you go in now, you ask his mom, how does he treat his sisters? How do he treat you? And if the mom say, oh, he treats us beautiful. He loves his sisters. But if she don't tell you that, take that guy and you bring him, you tell him take you home and you don't want him to pick you up no more because he ain't worthy. Because the way he treats his mom and sisters is the way he will treat you. So the next question, um, because we are rolling up on time, Mr. Williams. Question for you. Um, what is your favorite Bible verse? It's Matthew 6 and 33, I think. But anyway, it goes like this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And can you imagine using your Christian experience right about now? When you die, he's going to prepare a place for you in his kingdom. So that's basically what the Bible is telling you. Follow his commandments. And that's going to be your gift a ticket to heaven by following his commandments and seeking the kingdom of God. So I have a question. Um, I remember you telling us this story when you were younger um, that you actually picked cotton. <laughs> yes, I did. The first time I went, we was all walking down the road, dirt road, little dirt road with sandy, muddy little creeks and and mud holes all down the road. But uh, on the way going this day, we decided to stop and throw at the snakes that's down in the, in the little gully down there, just throwing at snakes. Somebody put his hand under the railing of the little bridge. And Yellow Jackets got a hold to us and we had to all run home full of souls from getting stung up by the Yellow Jackets. But uh, picking cotton, is, it, is, is, it is not fun. Uh, I picked cotton, and I, and I, I mean to tell you, I, it was something new to do because I was young. And back in the day, 
the, when the cotton field was, was this long sack you drag and it, it took forever to fill up that sack to me. But the same guy that had the cotton field, he grew tons of watermelon. And we had to go pick watermelon. And he would make sure that every one of us had a giant watermelon to take home. And he would pluck that melon and say, ah, ah, put that melon back. That's not a good one. He'd make sure we all had a good melon to take home. It wasn't where the, nobody was over me cracking the whip. And this black guy's name was Mr. Collins. And he was the guy that grew cotton and uh, the watermelon field. Mr. Cotton, Mr. Collins was the one that grew watermelon. And while I was working for this guy, it was a it was a beautiful experience. It wasn't hard on me at all because he would you'd pick that cotton and he would he would take we was all the bars and we'd take the little bit we had in sacks and he would all put it all together to make one big sack and we'd split the money up, you know. It was a nice thing. It was hey it was nice. You had to experience it, you know what I mean by it was nice. Well, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that story because one, I love the fact that as we talked about entrepreneurship, you know, we have a memory with Mr. Collins. I don't know this man, but I'm glad that there isn't a horrible stigma with the picking of cotton. And I'm glad that uh, in this history, you know, we're able to say something positive on the end note. Well, guys, we have come to the end of our show, our segment. I know that this was a really great one, but in order to support my dad, you can follow him on Facebook or you can follow my mom at um, Ernestine Williams. Um, she's probably the best person to get in contact with in order to get a barbecue pit made. Um, he makes them really great. You can go online and he doesn't have a website yet, but, um, you know, go ahead and check out my dad. Um, we'll try to get some pictures up there so y'all can see his work. Dad, is there anything that you would like to tell the people before we go? Yes, I would like to say this to all of the young, that, that, that young generation. And I'm going to use the same thing on them that I use on my own daughter. What daddy told you life was? Why'd you make it? And if you don't put nothing in... You don't get nothing out. Guys, thanks for tuning in to Grow Through, where we discuss the intersection of faith, family, and single life. And if you miss any of our segments at all, remember that we do have a podcast and that you can go on Anchor at Grow Through to find us and tune in, or you can tune in right at kazifm.org uh, if you miss any of the goodness. So in the meantime, in between time, guys, be blessed, be inspired. Miss Icy signing out. Bye.